Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, and is it worth the price of admission? I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Contra for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, this is a little classic. Oh man, this might be like the most classic game that we've covered yet in these 21 episodes man uh maybe That's a, a big statement but like i mean this yeah. is this would be up there this has got to be one of the most beloved retro games out there yeah i think uh i enjoyed i enjoyed this game yeah i overall i did too um if you don't know what Contra is, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast, but um, it's a side-scrolling run-and-gun game. It's a, a really heartwarming story about two men who have an irrational hatred of walls and are just going <laughs> to do whatever they can to eliminate walls from the universe. Scorpion and Mad Dog. Yeah, a.k.a. Bill and Lance, depending on who you ask. Um, but you know, on the weekend, sometimes they go out and pretend to be Scorpion and Mad Dog, and they... They might grab a laser, they might grab a flamethrower, and they might take down a giant mechanized armored wall. Why is the lore of Contra just so good? Uh, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> actually really, really bad and confusing and almost non-existent. Oh, it's so... It's, I Which just... we'll get to later. I have some thoughts on, on that specifically. Jordan, I really hope that in the What the Game Didn't Do Well column, you do not have the lore of Contra. Well, then, um, I guess that's for me to know and for everyone to find out. It can't be true. It would be so unlike me to have anything like that to to bring up the lore of a game. Uh, so, no, I can't imagine that that will come up at all. Especially not with a game that has objectively great lore like Contra. Oh, man. I think, uh, I think we can address this coming up a little bit later, but I think it might be helpful first to just kind of address a little bit of personal history in regards to this game because this is I'm kind of like coming away today with a whole new view of a game that I grew up with. Yeah, so we managed to ruin Battletoads from your childhood. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that I could destroy Contra for you today. No, uh, actually, the, the exact opposite. <laughs> this is a game that I grew up with. Um, I was born in 1988, so I was young when we had a Nintendo. And yeah. a lot of these games were really hard. And mm-hmm. I never got anywhere past. Like, So I always look back on these games, and I just see them as like these unbeatable, impossible mm-hmm. games. Yeah. And that's how I've always thought of Contra. I think in some earlier episodes of the podcast, like I've even like said, like, oh, this game is hard, but it's not like Contra hard. Yeah. Because like in my mind, this game is like insane. You play the first level and then you die in the second level. And if you are having like the absolute most insane, incredible day, you might make it to like the boss of the second level. Mm-hmm. And now I'm walking away from today and being like, man, I I just was terrible at games as, when, when I was a kid. <laughs> like I was just bad, full stop. Because uh, that was not our experience today. I yeah. made it through the whole first level without dying, made it through the whole second level without dying, and lost one life on that second boss. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I was just bad at games when I was a yeah. kid. Um, I don't know. But I have a whole new appreciation for Contra. And this isn't a game that like I just played a couple times and then like moved on. Like We only had a handful of games. And I played this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, we played this game a lot, and I still never managed to get past that second level. Yeah. So, yeah, this is interesting. I'm excited to have finally beaten this game to see that yeah. there are more levels beyond, you know, the second or third level. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it. 
Yeah, um, this is definitely not a Battletoads situation where you get to the third level and it's just like, all right, well, this one just, just I'm done. <laughs> yeah, this no. This one is actually like playable. So. I was kind of hoping that would have been the experience. Like, I want to spend, we've already done two whole episodes on Battletoads. So I don't want to spend too much time there, but I was kind of <laughs> hoping that would have been the experience of Battletoads and I've been like, oh, no, that's like, you know, now that I'm older, you can play more of this game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that wasn't the case. Right. So do you just want to jump into what the game did well? Yeah, let's jump right in. All right. I think like overall, before you get into any of like the really small details about what this game does well, you just have to realize that there's a lot of really good stuff about this game. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason that this game is a classic and yeah. why people love this game. It's an hour of solid run and gun action and fun. Yeah. It's just a good, solid game. Yeah, I would say that's a good um, way of... Uh, macro level overview of Contra is it's just it's all around solid yeah it doesn't do everything perfect um I don't know if it does anything perfect no it's all like really good I mean in 2019 looking back on these games (laughs) that were made in the late 80s early 90s like none of them are gonna be perfect because there's just been so except for maybe Tetris Tetris well even the old school Tetris didn't have like the ability to save a block so um, Tetris has improved itself in some ways but uh, yeah, you, looking back on these old games, like you can say, like they were really, really good for the time, and they still hold up today. But mm-hmm. like, if you were remaking this today, there of course there'd be different things that we would do because yeah. we just have different sensibilities and a whole different outlook on the way mm-hmm. the games are made. Yeah, for sure. I felt like this game was a good length too. Um, yeah, didn't didn't overstay its welcome. Nope, uh, it took us about an hour. We um, we started with the Konami Code with thirty lives because it was like let's. Start with 30 lives, let's warm up, and then let's try to play it uh, on the stock difficulty, stock lives, and everything like that. Um, And we actually managed to beat it with only one continue, so whatever, 60 lives apiece, we we beat Contra. Yeah, I was down to my last (laughs) life on that continue, and I think you had one life remaining. Yeah. uh, Or like two, whatever. So, yeah, we only had to use the one continue. It gives you like three or four continues, I think. Yeah. So, like, we had plenty of plenty of room to spare with that konami code and yeah we beat it and it felt good yeah and then we played more of it and it didn't feel annoying to play more of this game like no it just it it really i think is a good length it's eight levels yep um and only i think really only one of the levels started to get under my skin yeah and it's later in the game so you've kind of already got a seventh level yeah, you've got enough like committed to the game at that yeah. point where you're like, okay, I can see the end, like just getting through this last little hurdle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like most of the game is enjoyable and it's a it's a good amount of time you can sit down in an hour, mm-hmm. crank it out, beat the whole game. Yeah, yeah, it's a good length. Yeah, I think uh, diving down into like just some of the smaller things that that make this game stand apart. Like one of the things that has always been cool to me, even when I was a kid and I only knew the first two levels was that this game has a good mix of different levels and play styles. Like if you look at the first two levels, you start off with like your classic side scrolling with some like different platforms and you're shooting a bunch of stuff. You're like, this is cool. Um, when I was a little kid, when we finally managed to beat that wall at the end of the first level, which is what I was alluding to in the intro. If you don't know Contra for some reason in this series, there's just like the first boss is always a wall. And it's just like a straight up wall with guns mounted on it that shoots at you. And then later in this game, there's also walls that just pop up 
for no reason you have to kill them. But anyways, you have that first classic <laughs> level, which is where I spent 99% of my time as a kid. And then you get to the second level and it's not the same. You're Now you are like uh, facing down a hallway and you're moving side to side and you, you can't move forward at all. And you're just kind of like dodging stuff and shooting guys. And it's a completely different play style, yeah. which doesn't throw you for a loop because you're still like the same dude and you're still shooting and jumping but it's just now recalibrated it and it's giving you a little bit different experience Mm -hmm. and then you have a boss fight which is now like kind of just like a mix like a little bit of a remix on that second level and then the third level is a completely different thing and now you're Mm -hmm. like going up a waterfall and uh you're doing some platforming and i'm terrible at platforming so like i struggled with that a little bit but i don't think it was a bad level it's still fun and it's still Mm -hmm. different and so the game is constantly like putting you in these different situations and uh it was cool it's a good mix of different play styles yeah i have the uh the level variety written down specifically um they change it up you know you're running to the right and shooting stuff in different environments a snowfield a waterfall a forest or jungle i mean um and then you're running down a hallway yeah oh yeah and then classic you know, hallway. then the hallways are, are all kind of the same yeah but they're um, i kind of like those it's fun it's like a shooting gallery it reminds yeah. me of like being at the arcade and playing like yeah. point blank or virtua it's, cop or something it's not a bad uh level no uh, but it it changes it up and i think that that helps this game too to not feel so um I don't know. It's it just changes it up in a nice way. Yeah, you're never doing anything for too long, so you get mm-hmm. bored of it. Yeah, and we've definitely played some games where you're like, okay, all right, ready to move on to the next thing. And this one, everything is, it's real quick. It's quick to jump to a different playstyle, a different thing. And that's something that even like looking back on our episode on Contra Three, we talked about how that game did something similar, and it even like got way out there with like the overhead levels oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that were just like mm-hmm. the team that that made these Contra games was like constantly trying to like push the envelope and try some different things they didn't always work but uh yeah i mean there's definitely some cool stuff they don't let it get stale yeah for sure um i also like the uh the power-ups that this game has yeah there's four different guns and then you can get like a shield and something that like clears the enemies on the screen um but it gives it a good uh sense of variety you gravitated towards the lasers i gravitated towards spread shot yeah, um, each gun has its own, definitely has its own like strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. The laser shoots the slowest, but I think it did the most damage. Yeah. Spread shot covers like half the screen. You had the flamethrower, which does a pretty good amount of damage in like a medium amount of space. And mm-hmm. then you had the machine gun, which just shoots really fast. Yeah, and then you have an uh, one of the R pickups, which is like a rapid fire. It makes your gun shoot faster, I think. Yeah, which was frequently. really good with the laser because then yeah. all of a sudden the laser's biggest weakness was not a weakness anymore yeah except for the laser you have to be really precise yeah for sure um so sometimes it's hard to hit things in certain areas for sure the laser is really good on those hallway levels because you just hit something once and it's dead yeah because you're not really having to worry about aiming because you only have one plane of motion right i like the powers but it's it makes it frustrating when you die yeah because but they give them lose it they give them to you so often that it's not like crippling right um it was a good amount of t- like pretty much every level you had lots of opportunities to get power up. So mm-hmm. if you did die and that was one of the things that like really would push you to be cautious and try to avoid getting hit, even with 30 lives and all this continues mm-hmm. is because you don't want to lose when you get a good weapon. Yeah. So it was definitely cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really liked that the, the bosses were beatable. 
and yeah, yeah. not none of them like overstayed their welcome. They don't they don't hang yep. around forever. There's definitely some games we've played where you have to hit a boss nine million times to kill them. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case in this game. Yeah. It was a good mixture of not just like hitting the boss, but like avoiding their attacks, which yeah. weren't insane. Like this isn't like a a game where like the the boss's attacks were completely undodgeable. They gave you a chance, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, I actually have written down the bosses are easy, um, and that's a nice change of pace for this game too. It's like the levels are hard enough them in and of themselves to get through Yeah, that I appreciate that the boss fights, I mean, they're not like a walk in the park completely. You have to dodge and, and you know, you have to time it well, but it's definitely not hard once you understand exactly what the boss is doing. It's predictable and it it's actually fun. Yeah. These bosses weren't like the boss, the bosses from life force, AKA salamander where we were just like laughing how easy some of those <laughs> yeah, bosses yeah, yeah. were. Uh, these ones give you like some level of challenge, but it was definitely like you weren't getting frustrated. I mean, it's a one hit kill game, so you're not getting mm-hmm. stun locked, but like yeah. the game gives you a chance and the bosses were a nice little cap at the end of a level to like celebrate and have a victory and not mm-hmm. like something to like slam your head against and right. be frustrated because now you have to restart the whole level. Yeah, for sure. Um, One thing that we always talk about when it comes to Konami games is the music and Contra definitely falls into that same category of Mm -hmm. just having great catchy music that never gets old and it has you, it just pumps you up. Yeah, I do. Again, it's like, of course it's a Konami game. Like, of course the music is good. Yeah. I was expecting it, you know, and it's like, again, I don't know. I think Konami's got to be one of my favorite like NES developers. They might be my favorite. I just can't necessarily say that 100% yeah. certain right now. But it's just like these guys, just they, they make great games and they always have great music. And I just wish every NES game had the music done by Konami, I guess. Yeah, it, it's so good. <laughs> it's really funny because we, we watched like a, conspir- a comparison video of a whole bunch of different Contra games yeah. and different versions of Contra on different platforms because it didn't just come out on the NES. There was the arcade version <laughs> and there was like all these different computer versions and for like lesser known systems. And it was really funny because a lot of them would try to like replicate that classic Contra theme song. Yeah. And some of them were pretty good and then some of them just couldn't. It was just yeah. couldn't handle it. You know, it's funny about that video, though, is I th- I feel like the NES version of Contra is the only good one. It, You know what? Uh, I was really surprised you had us play the arcade version briefly on Xbox 360. And I didn't like we've always like talked about how the ports on the console versions don't live up to the arcade version. Yeah. But that arcade version of Contra is garbage. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because like I feel like the NES version of Contra is why it is. Uh, as loved as it is, is yeah. because it took a, 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 for better or for worse, a mediocre arcade game and actually turned it into something great. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the graphics are arguably like way more <laughs> detailed and better or whatever on the arcade version. Like, you're not going to obviously compare the NES to an arcade graphically, but the gameplay just felt so much better. And that, that could be because we just have played it so much more. But it just felt the gameplay so... gameplay felt better on the NES. Yeah, on the NES. Not like, on the arcade version. No, the arcade version felt so, like, sloppy and, like, yeah. loose. Like, it didn't feel, like, tight. And, yeah. Like, one of the cool things about Contra is uh, you can jump into the air and you're, like, dodging a bullet. And, like, you can change directions in midair, which you can still do in the, in the arcade version. But it just, like, the physics don't feel as good. <laughs> I don't know. 
It just, yeah. I was surprised. We've always seen these arcade versions and been like, oh man, that looks so much better. Yeah. And in this case, it was like, no, nah, I think we're good. Just stick with the NES yeah. version. It's definitely the exception uh, to to the rule. And, and uh, most games, the arcade version is obviously going to be the best version of it. But like that definitely wasn't the case with Contra. So, yeah, I think for me, the last thing that I want to point out for what this game does well is the Konami code makes this game so easy to approach. Yeah, I also have the Konami code written down what the game does well, and I intentionally didn't put it as first on my list in yeah. case you <laughs> asked me what was first on my list. After I wasn't going to say the Konami code, but yeah, I, I have to completely agree. I mean, if you are the kind of person who's going to like learn every detail of this game and you're going to... Um, go through and try to beat it on the stock difficulty like it's possible like yeah. I mean we aren't great at video games and we managed speak to make... for yourself man <laughs> I'm tired of you throwing <laughs> dude I'm just saying out of the bus I'm telling you I'm... from my personal experience what the internet tells us you guys comment on our Instagram all the time say, you guys you guys are you guys just suck you guys are terrible which is like all right whatever uh, it's probably true but I mean, we're not the kind of people who are going to sit down and master a game. Like, that's not us to memorize patterns and like. Not wanna... a retro game. No. Well, there's okay. certain. It's like okay, so I feel like I need to to take a stand on this one because right. I do like hard games, but I do not like artificially hard, poorly designed retro games. Yeah. Like it's it's one thing to be bad at video games, but it's another thing when you're playing a game that's poorly designed. And this is cheaply designed. I just want to point out, nobody can see this, but me because this is audio, <laughs> but I'm looking across as you like passionately defending hard games as you're wearing a cuphead t-shirt. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's like people saying that we're terrible at video games. I'm like, okay, well maybe I'm not the best in the world, but I do like hard games. And it's not that these games are hard. It's like they're poorly designed in a lot of, t- a lot of, uh, cases. It's not always the case. And that's part of why this podcast exists, right? Yeah. Is because there are great old games that are well designed. Absolutely. And that, that hold up and are still fun. And so if those exist from the same generation that these other crappy games exist in, it's like there's no excuse for those games to be designed poorly the way they are. For sure. Okay. I speak for myself. I'm not good at games. <laughs> but and if you want to beat this game, like you can. We made it to like the third or fourth level. Uh on our like first try without like sitting down and memorizing this game. Yeah. But the Konami code made it possible for us to just have fun and beat this game on one continue with 30 lives. It was great. Yeah. And uh, uh, in addition to having the Konami code written down uh, as something the game does well, I also have written down that the game feels beatable. Yeah. You know, we played it a couple times without the Konami code on and we got to what the fourth level yeah. on our continues, but the game you can learn it and it doesn't take it doesn't feel like it takes a lot of effort to learn yeah. contra because it's a, a fairly concise experience um and i think that that's something that the game has going for it obviously the konami code makes it a, a much more casual approachable experience yeah but i feel like the more you come back to contra the less you need the konami code if you're playing cautiously and things of that nature for sure do you have anything so, else that stands out to you as what this game does well that you want to highlight? Yeah, I have the lore written down. Something oh my the game gosh. Does, does well. Lies. <laughs> I literally do. Well, I this, love... Is this your last one? Because we can use this to segue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, well, for the most part. I feel like I have written down the game is short, so like dying feels less disheartening, which just kind of piggybacks on the last point of the game feeling beatable. Yeah. But... 
the the other point that I have is that I love the lore of this game. Like I love Super Mario Brothers the movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be our we're going to have this one straddle what the game does well and what this game does poorly because uh I'm on the other side of this argument. So you go, you give me what you got and uh I'll I'll respond. I mean, you got Bill and Lance and Mad Dog and Scorpion and the Red Falcon which came to Earth in 1957. The government didn't think anything of it. They didn't want to overthrow whatever was going on. They didn't want to make a big fuss about it. And then 30 years later, the aliens decide to try to take over, which 30 years is only six months of an alien's life. That's true. According to the manual, 30 years is only six years or 30 years is only six months in alien years. And so they have to send in these two elite soldiers to take care of the problem, which as I was revisiting the Contra 3 episode that we did, you were like, I don't know what a Contra is. On the Wikipedia page for Contra, it says, <laughs> and I quote, the term Contra means a title awarded to a superior soldier possessing almost superhuman drive and ability while excelling in guerrilla tactics. Okay. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> This is the thing, though. This is the thing, though. I mean, the story doesn't really make any sense. There was something from space that landed in the rainforest in the 50s, and then nothing happens for 30 years, and this alien breaks out, and the government doesn't want to send in a full military force because they don't want to you know, rile anybody up politically. It's like, okay, if movies have taught us anything, it's that the whole world comes together when there's an alien threat. Like... Who are you going to upset? Like the the Brazilian government's not going to be angry if you come in and take out the aliens. So they don't want to send in a full force. So they send in Bill and Lance. And um, it's like, this isn't a good plan. It's not the Brazilian government. This game actually takes place on an island that's close to New Zealand. What? I thought it said outside of Mayan ruins. Uh, well, so yeah. <laughs> not that Mayans would be in Brazil. Yeah. I don't really, man, we're just showing our ignorance when it comes to Central and South American and Polynesian, no, apparently. Yeah. Uh the Wikipedia History. page specifically said there's some archipelago something something by New Zealand. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, anyway, so, they send in Bill and Lance, uh, and they're fighting <laughs> these aliens that look a lot like humans. Unless you're in Europe, uh, where the game is called Probotector, because uh, they, they changed everybody to robots instead of aliens. Yeah. Uh, because of a, a prohibition in Germany against content that glorifies war. Yeah. Um. So they made them robots. I guess war with robots is okay, but war with aliens look like humans. Anyway, it doesn't matter if they're robots or aliens <laughs> because they look exactly like humans. That's my whole problem with the lore of this game is, like, this is one of the, like, biggest retro franchises, like a juggernaut of yeah. the 90s, right? But the story and the protagonist, they don't exist. Like, nobody is, like, has this deep, heartfelt love. It's not like people identify with Contra, like, the way that they do with Sonic or Mario or any of these other big franchises because there is no lore. It's, like, a couple sentences in a manual. Like, nobody's, like, nobody sees Bill and Lance the same way that we see Master Chief. Like, even even though he's a faceless soldier, nobody, like, identifies with these guys because it's just, like... There is no story. They made a really good game, and then they're like, oh, we should probably type a couple lines of story into the manual. That's all they needed, Jordan. They got it right in a couple lines. <laughs> That's the thing, though. But like for anybody who had this game, like when I was a kid, I never even looked at the manual. Like I just played the game. So like, there was no story. It was just you were these dudes, and you were shooting, and 
you were killing guys and you didn't even know because I never even made it to a part where there was an alien. So I had no clue that there was even aliens in this game. What Wasn't it Einstein that said make things as simple as possible, not simpler? Uh, I don't know. So You could say that he said I, it and I'll believe you. I, I believe it was Einstein that said that. And I think that that is what you have. You have a nice page in the NES manual explaining this incident from 1957 with these aliens. <laughs> the thing is, the game is so short. Like, why isn't there just like a little intro screen that shows like a meteor or like gives you like a couple lines of this story or like tells you anything about Bill and Lance, even their names. You don't get their names from playing the game. It's red guy and blue guy. Well, I, we didn't sit there and, and let the game run. There's I kind of hit start right away. So I don't know if there's an opening cutscene. There's I don't not, think that man. There is there's no opening cutscene. But, but I'm just saying, like, there might be, there might have been something if we would have let the game sit there for a few seconds, and or maybe it would just show gameplay. I don't All know. right. Well, for you, the lore is something that you love and embrace. It brings me joy. And for me, it's the reason why this game isn't still consequential in 2019. Like that's why this franchise doesn't whoa, exist. Is whoa, because nobody, whoa. nobody like fell in love with the story. Nobody like even cared about the characters. It's so funny. Even in Contra Three, it's like. 200 years later now it's those guys' descendants and it's like well who cares because you could have told me it was the same exact guys and I wouldn't have known any different because I didn't know anything about them and I don't know anything about these new guys man I don't know yeah I it's just one of these things we're not going to agree on but all in all it doesn't really matter no not into, because it's a not good game play yeah it's lacking the cutscenes that I love so much you got a nice uh helicopter cutscene when we beat it you get a tiny little helicopter cutscene. <laughs> get a tiny one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we can move on to some actual critiques of what the game doesn't do well because although it is a great game, there are a few things where it definitely struggles. Yeah. And I think that one of the biggest things has to be in the later levels, the game does kind of get a little bit cheap and it has these like traps and stuff that are just yeah. to like slow you down into kind of like make the game string out a little bit longer they're like well we don't want to you know we let you play through most of the game and now we're going to have flamethrowers that make it impossible to jump across pits and we're going to have these spikes that drop and we're going to have these walls that shoot up we know how much you hate walls bill and lance we're going to have these walls (laughs) shoot up out of the ground right in front of you that have spikes on them and if you move one pixel further you're dead yeah and those things uh didn't feel great yeah, it's mostly just the seventh level, I think, that was really... A- I think there's two levels at the end that are kind um, of a little bit like that. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of the deaths... I mean, the game's hard enough as it is yeah. with all the bullets flying across the screen and the yeah. guys spawning and everything like that, that it, it was... It's frustrating um, to be killed so easily and so cheaply just because you were trying to move the screen forward. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of a lot of the deaths that I had were and and what I have written down is a lot of deaths feel cheap and unavoidable. Yeah. Now that might not be true. Once you learn the game, they may be easily avoidable, but in a two player game, when you're at the back of the screen and I'm at the front of the screen and I'm just trying to move the screen forward a little bit and it inches forward just enough for a guy to spawn and I don't have time to move or anything like that. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, the, flam- it's the flamethrowers the were had to be the worst. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm gonna For jump sure. across this pit. Oh no! I you, as soon as you jump, it triggers a flame that shoots out and kills you. Yeah, and, and it's e- a flame that's always at the top of the screen, like slightly there. Yeah. So you can't even jump. 
you can't make the jump even if you time it right because you jump into the actual flame. So you have to like go down to the bottom and find another way across or yeah. whatever. And it, or it just feels so different from anything else in the game that it's like that's what was kind of jarring about it. It's yeah. like up to that point, you don't really have any kind of like environmental traps like that. Mm-hmm. You have lots of cannons and lots of dudes and all sorts yeah. of enemies, but until that point, you don't really have these kind of environmental trap kind of things. So you weren't really expecting it. And then it takes kind of a while to learn the the technique and you're just burning through a lot of lives. Yeah. Like I would just try to go forward and all of a sudden I run into a guy on a turret like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like can I at least get a, like another inch uh, of space where the camera moves forward instead of like, because it, it almost feels like some of the difficulty of this game comes from them with those cheap gotchas uh, yeah, of the way that they try to kill you. As soon as you move the screen, there's something there that's trying to kill you. Yeah. Um, for me, the only other thing that I have written down besides the lore and the gotcha traps is the platforming. And I know this may just be more of me being bad at platforming, but I think this is why I liked the hallway level so much is because you didn't have to worry about like mm-hmm. trying to jump on things. But there's so much going on in this game with the all the guys shooting and the, the cannons and like all that stuff that like it seemed like most of my deaths were because I missed a platform and fell into a pit or whatever. (laughs) And uh, it feels like the running gun aspect of it, I'd way rather spend more time running around and shooting guys and less time having to worry about like executing pixel perfect jumps to not die. Kind of piggybacking on that point, I have written down that the the controls feel sluggish. Um, Your character moves a little bit slow. The jumping is kind of floaty. um, And it makes those platforming sections a bit harder and i have written down like i i I think contra 3 and you know the other contra games actually have tighter faster movement which is a a good thing for the series but this game doesn't have that and it does cause a few unnecessary feeling deaths i mean it, it can easily be overcome just with experience yeah with this one but it definitely I think would feel a little bit better if the game played a little bit faster. Yeah. It's been so long since we played Contra three that I, I can't really compare the two, but um, yeah, there's definitely times where the controls don't feel as precise. I mean, part of that is you're playing on an NES, just an older game and it's, yeah. you know, all of that kind of stuff. But for the most part, like you said, you can kind of get the hang of it and it's, it's a game where if you sit down and put a little bit of time into it, you can get the hang of it. Yeah, for sure. I actually don't have anything else written down that the game doesn't do so well. Yeah, I mean that those three things were all that I could really yeah scratch up. So I guess we should uh, we should move into the next section. Yeah. Of what what would you pay for the experience you just had? Yeah. It better not be zero dollars. No. Well, <laughs> this is this is funny. This is one of the very few of these games that I actually own. Um, so this is purely theoretical because yeah. I already have this. I actually um, I took this game to a group of middle school and high schoolers. I'm a, I'm a youth pastor, and so I spend a lot of time with middle school and high schoolers, and I always bring, we have a lot of events where we'll have video games, and I brought my Retron and Contra this time, and it was funny. There was like a nonstop all throughout the night somebody was playing Contra, mm-hmm. and like I was really intrigued to see that this game like not just holds up, but like kids today were like actually getting into it and yeah. like enjoying it. I mean, I did turn on Infinite Lives because I didn't want to like, <laughs> make them hate their lives but it, it still holds up today it's a good game um what would i pay for that experience 
This is all tier. It's such a short game. It's a classic. Ah, man. It, somewhere between five and ten bucks. Whoa. I know. I don't know where it would have to Easy be. Easy there. It would really depend on. Did you like, just get paid? Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's a lot for me. Feeling like this generous? is a this is a good game. I'm I'm really interested to see like what happens because uh, Konami is releasing a Contra collection on the Switch with eight <laughs> different Contra games, and I'm kind of interested to see what they price that at because. <laughs> it'll be interesting i i don't know that i really want eight country games especially if they're going to price it at like 30 dollars. but if i could get just like this one country game and it was like between five and ten would probably be too much maybe like seven okay yeah seven dollars that's seven not a bad bucks, price for yeah. you man what would i pay for this uh, it's a great game but i feel like i'm lowballing it in my gut i feel like i'm coming in like 15 bucks Wow, yeah. Which is kind of low for for me, I think, for the I guess that's not really low. It's not. I, I mean, it's, it's about It's a it's yeah, a it's simple about. short NES game. Like you're not spending 60 bucks on this. No, I just thought maybe like before today before we played this, I was like maybe I'll come in a little bit higher on this one. Um just cuz it's Contra. Yeah, and, and part of I this had is high hopes and expectations for it. I mean, part of that $7 is definitely tinted by nostalgia. You think? Yeah. Like today, if this was a brand new game that somebody just came out with, I wouldn't be paying 7 bucks for it. <laughs> That's the thing. See, this yeah. is hard. This is like one of the ones that like, that like looking back on my childhood, like a game that actually is better than I remembered it instead of the other, the other way around. So yeah. I don't know. But like if this was just like something that somebody put out today, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. Some like pixel art indie game that somebody came out with. I mean, all those seven bucks is right in that sweet spot for a pixel art indie game. So, yeah. So what do you, what do you think this game is trending for on eBay? Oh man. I really hope that it's like a lot of money. Cause I, I have one. <laughs> I don't think it's a lot of money. I think it was a more common game. It seems like everybody had this game. Yeah. I know that like my copy isn't my original copy from when I was a kid. It's one that I got, more recently not like recent recently but like in the interim time between when i was eight years old and <laughs> 30 years old how so, did you get your copy of it i don't see that's the thing i don't know i uh my brother moved last year and i took all of his retro games and I asked some of them were the ones that we grew up with okay and then some of them are ones that we got when like we were in college okay um and like like the first wave of nostalgia and it's like let's get all these games we had when we were a kid so I don't know when when it showed up, but uh, I have it now. I'm gonna guess since it's so popular and it's a game that everybody had, and I have it, so it can't be that expensive. <laughs> you could probably get a copy of this game for like twelve bucks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. No. No, you can't get a copy of Contra for twelve bucks. Really? Sadly. I feel like it would be a service to the community if everybody started selling this game for 12 bucks. Oh, man. Because it's a good one that people should should play. Uh, on eBay, this one is currently trending about $27. Okay, so that's not high enough that I'm going to go out and sell my copy of Contra. Right. Uh, so the range I kind of saw looked like 22 to 30 is a common like eBay range currently. Okay. Um, price charting has this one trending at $20. Okay. So for about 20 bucks, if you're you know, patient, you could own a copy of Contra. Do you have any idea? I know like you visit our local game shops. Do you have any idea what a copy of Contra would go like at like a game shop? Yeah. About 
uh, I think it it typically is around twenty five. Sometimes I see. Okay, it. so if I'm you didn't even want to wait, 20, you could walk into your local like, game shop and get it yeah, for under thirty bucks, probably. If your local game shop is not trying to like gouge people, because some game shops are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you walked into a GameStop and saw this in the glass <laughs> case, I don't think that you would actually get gouged on the price. Uh, GameStop tends to be somewhat competitive, uh, at least online with their prices with like eBay and stuff. You might pay two, three, four dollars more. Gotcha. In some cases, but interesting. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, too, the Famicom version of this game, uh, according to price charting, was trending at like $58. Whoa. So for some reason, the Japanese version of this game actually is expensive, and I don't know why. And all the listings that I saw kind of on eBay today looked like it was more like $60, $70. And I'm like, what in the world? Aren't the Japanese versions usually a lot cheaper? Yeah. Um, my copy of Mega Man 5 is actually a Japanese version of it um, because the the North American version of Mega Man 5 is, at least at the time when I was like wanting it, I think it was like $70, $80. And I want to say I paid less than 20 for the Japanese version of it. Yeah. And I've got a Retron 5, so like I can play it. Yep. And did, it's Mega Man, so you don't really need the text in English. Yeah, I did that exact same thing with a uh, with Super Bomberman, one yeah. of the many Super Bombermans that came out for this NES. And I was like, man, this is pretty expensive to get an American version, but apparently you don't need really any English to play uh, yeah. Bomberman, so I bought a Japanese <laughs> version. I'm actually pretty excited. My wife is going to Japan this fall on a business trip. Really? And there's like... A pretty good chance that I'm gonna get to go with her. Oh, and so like as somebody who grew up on Power Rangers and Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z, yeah. like this is like kind of an opportunity to take uh, <laughs> a pilgrimage to the homeland. Uh, <laughs> so I might have to like wow. I know that they have a lot of like retro game shops where you can get stuff competitively yeah. priced. So I might have to look into that. I hope it works out. It would be awesome if it does, but I'm trying not to get my hopes up. I may have to send you with a wish list and like yeah. a hundred bucks or something. <laughs> All right. And like, just see if you can find anything. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I know. All right. So the eBay price says it's trending at $27, but you could get, if you could get a copy for, we'll call it 22. Yeah. 23 bucks. Is that worth it or worthless to you? See, this is the thing. If we're talking about purely the cartridge, um, uh, it's so hard to to take away the nostalgia. <laughs> like I'm saying, like if you take away all the nostalgia, no, it's not worth. It's not like a game that I would pay twenty two dollars as a modern game or whatever. Okay, but if you're a person who like grew up with this game with like like me, that's like a pretty reasonable price for like a physical piece of your childhood. Twenty two yeah. bucks. Like, it's probably gonna be one of those things that increases just because of the nature of people's moms keep throwing away video games and so there's going to be less and less of them uh so like go out there and get for 22 bucks if i wanted to replace my copy i wouldn't be like so overwhelmed by that price that i would not do it um but i'm not a person who really collects cartridges but i have and i have this one i feel like that's a good price for it i'm gonna say it's worth it at that price point and i want to have the caveat that that is definitely tinged by nostalgia yeah um man for me actually this game i just looked it up real quick 
to confirm. This game was more expensive a couple of years back. Yeah. Uh, according to price charting, back in like the summer of 2016, this game was trending about $42. Dang. So yeah, buy, buy, buy right so, now at, at 22 bucks. If you hear this and it's still that and you want this, <laughs> get it, it. Well, it's it's stabilized, which makes me happy. Yeah. Because at $42, I would have to say worthless. Oh, for sure. There's um, no way I'm getting that at 42 bucks. But this game is great, man. I think... I do think in the in the mid twenties, less than thirty dollars, I'm gonna say worth it on this one. Yep. Um it's a great game, it still holds up and I'll continue to go back to Contra, you know, for a long time. I don't know why they didn't put this one on the NES classic. Yeah. Super C is on there, but I, this one isn't. And I don't know why, because people don't have the same affection for Super C as they do with the original Contra. I think it could be like a similar reason why it's not on the the Switch Nintendo online thing. It's because yeah. Konami is planning on releasing their own bundles with that game in it. So yeah, but that doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter to them. They'd rather have, isn't Super C on that collection? Not on the Nintendo online, no. No, I mean, um, the oh, the, the, the new one that's coming out. They've yeah. only announced four of the games for it. And I don't remember what they all are. One of okay. them is the arcade version of Contra. So like. R.I.P. Oh for anybody who who buys that collection thinking they're getting the NES version, they may still put the NES version on there. They have to. Yeah. I mean, they have to. Yeah, I agree. It would be bad. Yeah, because there's that's the only good version of the original Contra, but, in my opinion. Yeah, if you don't want to spend thirty bucks, whatever, on this game, I'm sure there are versions out there on other eShops and digital networks maybe they had to put this on like the 3ds eShop. i don't know um or the wii u eShop. uh i don't i don't know how you can play the nes version other than the cartridge um but the cartridge is worth it so just go buy that all right we're gonna call it a worth it <laughs> and with just a, i'm whoa i'm calling it a worth it but i gotta admit like this is the first one that i've like really allowed nostalgia like i'm i can't separate it because it's like you did that with it's NFL hard. Blitz. I think that's the highest you've ever said. Yeah, NFL Blitz too is just such a solid game. Like if that game came out today, I would still, I would be way more likely to buy NFL Blitz at that price <laughs> than Contra, just because that is a game that is just so good. Yeah, like even and it's a game that we don't have games like that. Like there's not an arcade mm-hmm. football game that is as good as NFL Blitz was. Um, yeah, and with Contra, I'm like I'm not like an expert on. Uh, running gun games but i'm sure there's a whole bunch of new games out there that have taken this genre to a new level that you could probably get for less than 20 bucks man i don't know no i really don't know All i right. can't think i could of be wrong i, I like head. i said i don't know other but, than maybe cuphead which is just yeah you know which i'm i think modern that's modern contra sort of isn't that less than 20 bucks i think it's 20 dollars yeah so if that's you're a saying, solid worth it 100%. Yeah. I mean, if you're saying <laughs> every con- day of the week, you can get Contra or Cuphead and you like this kind of game, you're probably going to get Cuphead. Yeah. yeah. It, I guess it depends. Depends on if you, well, I guess if you don't collect retro games, you're not listening to this probably. <laughs> <laughs> get both. I don't collect retro both. games and I make this podcast. <laughs> I think you might you might be underestimating our, our fan base. Man. Yeah. I don't know. I need you to get Cuphead though. So I know. I need... I'm sort of waiting. I'm waiting for that Memorial Day deal. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's man. There's gonna be. It's gonna drop down. It'll be. 
I have a hard time spending full price on any video game just because I'm cheap. Yeah, well, that one's worth it. So, anyways, I think uh, I think that probably is going to wrap it up, right? I think so, too. Contra's a great game. Uh, go play it. Yeah. I had fun. Definitely. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.